0: Cutting through an overload of information to get to the heart of the story. This is The Point.
1: Since COVID-related restrictions were lifted, China's mainland is seeing a surge in cases with Beijing bearing the brunt. As people brace for infections, some hospitals are apparently getting overwhelmed and medical supplies are being stepped up urgently to meet soaring demands. Elderly population, especially those with underlying conditions, are facing the biggest challenge. What are being done to address these issues? What useful experiences can be borrowed from Other areas in the world that went through this phase and what must be the priority going forward. Today, I'm pleased to be joined from Nanjing, Southern China by U Wei, Professor of the Center for Public Health Research at the Medical School at Nanjing University from Shantou in southern China's Guangdong province by Dr. Zhu Hua Chen, associate professor from the School of Public Health at the University of Hong Kong and also with the State Key Laboratory of Emerging Infectious Diseases and from Shanghai by Dr. Joe Tay, traditional Chinese medicine doctor at uh, Body and Soul Medical Clinics. The warmest welcome to all of you on the point. So Professor Wu, let me go to you first. I understand you're just coming out of COVID. Um, Indeed, over the past few weeks, we are seeing cases sore uh, across the country, and some hospitals are reported to be under great strain uh, with uh, people with um underlying conditions and especially elderly people are desperately needing for help. So what are the biggest difficulties right now from your observation for people on the mainland?
0: Well, I think it's critical that people need to make a sensible or rational decisions when they uh, start going to the hospitals, uh, such as in my uh, local hospitals. You can see that a lot of people with fever and uh, some very minor symptoms, they flock into hospitals. So that's why the, the, the fever clinics are full of people. So the, the nurses and the doctors, basically what they are doing is trying to persuade them and sending those people back home because there is no need to take or seek medical uh, assistance. If you do not suffer severe symptoms, then you don't need to go to the hospitals only when you are having uh, you know some basic medical conditions and uh, uh, running a very high fever and some uh, complications then you need medical assistance so this is something actually you can do to relieve the matter med- uh, the health service uh, for uh, more, uh, really needed
1: people yeah what is driving these people to flock to the hospital immediately especially elderly people as I said the moment they catch the virus they they go to the hospital what are the reasons? behind this?
0: Well, I think part of it is a kind of a panic reaction. Uh, you can understand that because uh, once we, you know, open up the society without you know, uh, taking uh, nuclear acid testing and the, the pharmaceutical stores are running out of all sorts of medicines. So people just, uh, you know, when they catch COVID-19, this, their first reaction is, okay, let's go to a hospital, get the medicine, get your assistance.
1: Dr. Chu, um, from the experience of Hong Kong, uh, we understand that Hong Kong had a, a peaking uh, experience in the beginning of this year, which lasted about one and a half months to two months before the curve was eventually bent. Uh, according to your understanding, Is the worst already over it or is the peak of the wave still to come for cities such as Beijing and uh, other mainland cities?
2: Uh, I would say that about the lessons learned from Hong Kong, obviously, back in uh, January and February, Hong Kong was not yet ready to face the big outbreak. Uh, underestimation of the virus transmissibility and uh, the impact and misconception that the conventional control measures uh, used for Delta or the earlier variants uh, could work for Omicron. And uh, repeated spillover of viruses uh, into the community have put uh, Hong Kong in this kind of uh, uh, strengthened circumstances uh, at that time. And uh, at that time, the government and hospitals had no clear guidelines for those who get uh, infected. And what should they do to avoid infecting their um, family members uh, to relieve their uh, symptoms and to seek for help? There's no answer at that time. And also how to adapt the previous uh, system to the COVID-19 outbreak and ensuring the sufficient beds, wards, and facilities for those who really uh, need them. These were also the major problem that uh, we are facing nowadays. Mm-hmm. So I would say that for Hong Kong, uh, because um, we have already experienced uh, the, the major outbreak wave caused by Omicron and the majority of of the population has already been uh, immune, either by vaccination or infection uh, itself. So yeah. I expect that uh, in the near future there will be some kind of uh, small waves of epidemic, but uh, not as strong as uh, the the spring outbreak.
1: Yeah. What about um, the mainland, for instance, Beijing, which is you know seeing cases uh, skyrocketing at this moment.
2: Yes, I would say that uh, actually China is kind of a facing a uh, nationwide uh, tsunami caused by COVID-19 nowadays. And the uh, overwhelming attack by multiple strains of Omicron in mainland has obviously uh, caused a huge pressures on medical resources. So um, because we are also not that ready for the pandemic outbreak here, and people are, are curing up at their fever clinics and, and the drug stores to get things and medical services. However, the, the doctors and the healthcare work, work workers, they are also getting infected. And many hospitals are now bettering uh, the staff shortages. Uh, so I think that the situation in like Beijing, Guangzhou, Shanghai, these big cities are uh, not that, um, uh, the situation here is quite severe. And uh, I think that probably China and especially the government has to uh, encourage the pharmaceutical uh, factories to prom- uh, promote or increase their production capacity within the short period of time. And also try to coordinate the distribution of Jobs, drugs, um, diagnostic kits, and the medical service uh, to those who really uh, need them.
1: Yeah, well, I understand. I was just watching the news this morning. Uh, pharmaceutical companies, especially those that are producing, that are capable of producing Drugs to cure fever, to stop pain, and stuff like that uh, have been urgently uh, stepping up their production capacity to meet that kind of need. And I suspect other measures are being made. But let me go to Dr. Tay. You are a practitioner are you seeing in terms of the surge of cases and how uh, the community is there or how how hospitals there are coping with the situation? Of course, I understand you're not with a public hospital, but just from your your knowledge, what is happening in Shanghai?
3: Obviously, we have an outbreak because we just eased up the measurement recently. So we can meet like a lot of people are having mild symptoms like Sore throat, fever, and coughing, and they are they are advised to uh, do the self quarantine back home. But on the other hand, we are also facing some shortage of certain medicine in the pharmacy store. So. Um, People will try to reach us, like in from my clinic. uh, People will try to reach us and ask for some help for the medicine, and we'll try our best to approach them in the lowest risk, as we acknowledge that like uh, people are getting positive uh, everywhere now. So I believe that like uh, different provinces have different measurement in place already, and so do Shanghai. And I've seen the community are uh, already pushing some policy that um, try to urge the elderly to have the vaccination also. I think this is the crucial part because um they are the vulnerable community.
1: Yeah, what about traditional Chinese medicine? How helpful is that?
3: Okay, so traditional Chinese medicine based on the scientific research back in 2012, There is a paper stating for the SARS, it's not even the COVID now. Back in the time, we already proven that uh, by combining Western medicine together with Chinese medicine, we can enhance the quality of life of the patient after they got infected. And recent years, more and more research papers showing that the Chinese medicine can some sort of regulate the immune system for us and then somehow can regulate the ACE2 path uh, as we know that like one of the the mechanism virus attack our body is uh, Mm -hmm. go through the the ACE2 protein to attack us so the research shown that like most of the antivirus prescription that we are using on our patient they have some sort of regulation function on this to try to control the symptoms and ease the symptoms for us.
1: All right one of the one of the biggest issues is uh tracking uh, obviously china loosened the tracking system and uh right now it's only reporting something like 2 to 3000 new covid cases uh daily on the mainland which is obviously not uh, a reflection of the actual situation professor wu uh, what is your thought on this is it important to have uh, a tracking system in place still to understand the situation more accurately and more globally?
0: Well, I don't think it's necessary to uh, keep tracking as we, we, we did in the past, because basically that um, sometimes exacerbates the situations and all the local government actually uh, doing kind of, in you know, uh, over control and over restrictions. What we need to do is focus our effort in the severe cases, in the elderly people who actually are most vulnerable.
1: But how do you do that, to have a
0: voluntary report system or from hospitals? Well, you know, the voluntary reporting system will never work. Uh, basically, I think, you know, uh, only when you establish a system, when you have a severe cases, when you have a severe complications and the death, in the hospital and it has to be mandatory systems so you 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 get a, a exact or precise number so
1: it has to be done by hospitals
0: uh, I- exactly yeah
1: all right dr Chu. what has been the experience of hong kong as i understand hong kong is still calculating the cases and reporting the cases to understand the development of the situation what is your opinion
2: uh i would not say the number of reporting cases in hong kong is very accurate As we know that many people, they are asymptomatic or undiagnostic. Uh, But these kind of numbers can still reflect the severity of the epidemic uh, to some extent. Um, Genotyping and sequencing can also inform us of the virus variation, development, and evolution and uh i think that is also quite important uh, inf- information for us to uh, better know about the disease development. and uh my recommendation is that actually we can conduct some kind of uh surveillance and and by using random sampling uh in the community and also the uh clinic Uh, then we can uh, sequence the the samples, uh, especially those uh, positive samples, to uh, understand the positive proportion uh, among them, and also the uh, genetic diversity of the virus. And I agree with uh, Professor Wu that with the huge population in China and the relative paucity of resources, I would not recommend the mandatory reporting of those uh, positive cases. Uh, I think that we should save the hands and resources for disease management and also the treatment of those people with uh, other kind of underlying medical uh, conditions, especially when there's a squeezing in the in the in the medical resources. The question or one of the
1: paradox is: you want to have as many infections in a short period of as, as possible, so that very fast you're going to have that kind of herd immunity needed to slow the spread of the virus. But on the other hand, the medical system, if everybody getting sick at the same time, will very likely be devastated, be overwhelmed. So how do you look at the delicate balance between these two factors, um, Professor Wu?
0: Well, I think, you know, um, it's critical that our uh, pharmacies should stop by uh, those necessary drugs, medicines, such as the fever medicines, and coughing uh, relief medicines. Uh, basically, uh, I just went around. I found that almost all the pharmacies just simply run out of those medicines. So that's why people just flock into hospitals and make hospitals uh, so crowded. I think it's it's critical that allow people to manage the disease themselves when they are not in severe cases. So um, this is, uh, we we need to do it uh, desperately in a uh, relatively short term. Like in Nanjing, you can see that uh, there are a lot of people getting infected. In my laboratory, all around 30 students are infected. That's a good indication how widely the, uh, the infection is.
1: Do you see measures being taken in that regard to distribute symptom relief medicine to those infected but not severe?
0: Well, I haven't seen any improvement in terms of uh, in terms of preparedness. Uh, this morning I went um, around the streets. So you can see that the pharmacy is still with a long queue, and I, I asked them that, that, that well, basically there are still no medicines available or very limited uh, stuff available. So I think that's a, a, a real problem. I think you know the uh, local authority should be able to deal with.
1: Yeah, well, there's certainly a time gap in terms of uh, picking up the supply to meet the soaring demands. Uh, I was at the at a at a pharmacy three two three nights ago. Uh, fortunately, I was able to pick up some um, fever medicine, but uh, obviously, it is in short supply, as you can tell from from. Um, you
0: can't even find a thermometer.
1: That is, well, yeah. <laughs> that is also for the people who have not prepared over the past three years, it is uh, going to be in short supply for the moment. So, um, Dr. Zhu, uh, did Hong Kong also experience these various difficulties when the wave
2: came? How did you or how long did it take till things eased up? Uh, I think that the Hong Kong government has already uh, started uh, the, uh, the preparing the stock for the vaccines and also the drugs uh, long before the outbreak uh, happens uh, this year. So uh, in general, the drug availability in Hong Kong seems fine, but the problem is uh, more related to those uh, hospital wards and the uh, uh, sick bed. After getting some support uh, from uh, the central government and building up of those uh, so-called fountain uh, uh, cabinet hospitals, Bakesh-
1: yeah, yes. makeshift hospitals,
2: yes. yes. Uh, Actually, it it is much better for the hospitals uh, to accommodate uh, the patients. And uh, nowadays, uh, whenever you uh, report the positive case to the government, uh, the government will directly send you an anti-epidemic package to you, including some OTC drugs, uh, some personal protective equipment or devices, and also the rapid antigen uh, detection kit. So I think that most of those infected people, they are no longer that anxious or fear of the disease. They have those uh, uh, drugs that is necessary to relieve the fever. And also they can do the daily uh, detection by themselves at home. So I think that actually would be a good experience. Well, that's that's a
1: few months after the, the shock came over Hong Kong. Uh, obviously people had enough time and the, the authorities had enough time to adjust their policies. But in the two months where the situation was the most severe, there were over 7,000 elderly, 7,000, people who died either by COVID or with COVID, and most of them elderly people. Do you foresee the mainland being hit by, you know, such heavy loss of lives by such a magnitude?
2: I would say that probably the situation in Men would be a bit better than in Hong Kong because uh, during that time uh, the vaccine coverage uh, in Hong Kong is pretty low, especially in those elderly people. So within these uh, past several months, uh, Men has actually already learned something from Hong Kong. Promotion of the vaccination has actually uh, get a better coverage uh, in the population. And I think that uh, because in most of the cities, they have already already getting uh, prepared for at least a tsunami of uh, the the outbreak. So people, uh, most of the families, they have already um, get some drugs. Uh, And also uh, nowadays, people, those infected people are allowed to have the the home quarantine and also have the uh, uh, self-detection by themselves. Um, The situation is not like um, what happened uh, in Hong Kong at the very beginning. Because at the very beginning, people are really rushing uh, to the to the hospital. <clears throat> get help. Well, the the, the number of elderly people is uh, still uh, very
1: high. One-fifth of the population is over 60 in in the mainland. Uh, Dr. Te, um, from the experience of Malaysia and also from what you saw here in China, you've been practicing in China, in Shanghai for the past four years. From your understanding of the Chinese mentality and of uh, the preparedness of the city, what is your estimate of the situation to come?
3: TCM has been using for thousand years. So back in thousand years ago, we don't have, we don't have all sort of lab tests, all sort of like MRI, or we don't even have electricity at that time. So the way that the people back in the time to deal with the contagious disease that we had, such as like the COVID, back in the time we don't have the virus term. So they try to categorize all the symptoms for the patients into some categories in order for the Physician to prescribe the prescription accordingly to the categories and those prescription is still used uh, is still being used even now for us to fight with uh the covid symptom controlling
1: i would i would uh, bring people's attention to the numbers of uh, covid situation in china in 2021 i understand mm-hmm. china had tens of thousands of covid cases but only two deaths um, so the the Chinese way of treatment, combining Western and traditional Chinese medicine, could be helpful, Professor Wu. What is your take?
0: Well, I think you know I'm uh, um, a little bit you know optimistic. Although we have a large number of elderly people and people with uh, underlying medical conditions, uh, but over the three years, I think we are relatively uh, better or uh, prepared for the uh, for the COVID nineteen. The other thing is that uh, overall, the elderly uh, vaccination rates are uh, relatively high. Uh, right now, over, uh, for those over 80 years old, uh, the vaccination rate is about 67%. So that's uh, um, not um, you know, satisfactory, but it's not low either. So mm. uh, if you look at, at the beginning of December, uh, apparently the country is picking up the vaccination in this particular population. Uh, I think it's very critical right now. So um, the previous outbreaks in various different cities uh, is a good example, or if that's a good indication, then I would be optimistically thinking that uh, the the death rate would be, uh, can be controlled in uh, minimal uh, numbers. Um, The the thing is how the hospital is going to manage uh, those cases and deal with all the necessary medicines, uh, drugs, uh, to... right, right
1: now, it's, it's, it's the most difficult period of time because although vaccination among the elderly, among the 80-year-old and, and b- beyond are picking up, it's going to take some time before their antibody uh, develops to the level that can help them resist the virus. Meanwhile, the hospitals are already full with people who are not very severe and uh, medical staff are uh, infected. As well. So is that the combination of difficulties we are seeing at this moment, Professor Wu, once again? Uh,
0: it, it is. It is definitely a, a complication, uh, which actually makes the situation, cam- uh, you know, uh, rather difficult. Uh, I think a couple of other things we should do is that I know that some hospitals are uh, stockpiling uh, the Paxlovid drug, which is a very effective drug in dealing with the, uh, the infection. Uh, the country I think should you know import more patrol than uh, and stock up in, in various different hospitals in case when you desperately needed. Right. Of course, the Chinese medicine also is a way to go, but uh, the Chinese medicine, of course, only relieves some symptoms. So this is something actually we should consider the Western and the Chinese medicine combined to see. Those are the life saving drugs we need to get uh, a for
1: Dr. Chu, what is your understanding of the medicines or the combination of medicines that can be used in Hong Kong's case? How did How did people mix these two? and what what is the role of imported drugs such as Paxilovid?
2: Paxlovid? I would say that during the big outbreak uh, in in Hong Kong a few months ago, it is obvious that after receiving the support uh, from the mainland, uh the medical doctors actually provide lots of um, therapy uh, uh, experience there. And I know that actually like in, in Guangzhou in the past three years, there's only one single death uh, in Guangzhou. So that actually uh, provides solid evidence that our doctors, they, they, they have all their experience and, and knowledge about how to treat even those very old and very severe cases under the condition that uh, there's no like, like, uh, stuff uh, shortage like the medical wrong. right? So, I think that the combination of the traditional Chinese therapy with the more, uh, uh, uh the molecular antiviral drugs would be a uh, good option. And we all know that, uh, like Pasolovic, uh, this kind of oral uh, drugs. Uh, they have solid evidence that they can inhibit the virus at least for a period of time, so it can help to relieve uh, the symptoms and also reduce the virus load during the infection.
1: Yeah. Well, it's a it's a much more complicated issue than that. It also, you know, about uh, financial resources because obviously the imported drug is very expensive here in China. sells for over two thousand. Uh, yuan, that is 300 US dollars for something like 10 to 20 pills, definitely. Right now it's not available, but I understand the Chinese uh, factories are also producing their own antiviral drugs to deal with COVID. Um, I'm running out of time, but I do want to say this: these are individual perspectives from our guests and the numbers, um, because this is a, a discussion, so we cannot guarantee that every number quoted is absolutely accurate. So um, we are going to wrap up and we're going to keep a close watch on the situation and keep uh, our audiences uh, posted. Many thanks to Professor Wu from Nanjing University, Dr. Zhu Hua from the State Key Laboratory of Emerging Infectious Diseases, and uh, Dr. Zhou Tae, Traditional Chinese Medicine doctor joining us from Hong Kong and with that we come to the end of this special edition of The Point with me Liu Xin as always you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter using the handle Li Xin in Beijing we all enter this world with a universal greeting <laughs> With then learn to speak
2: Bonjour. Comment allez-vous? Est
1: Though our languages, cultures, and traditions may differ, we still share one thing in common: we have hope for humanity and the world. An
3: German the, the, the United Foundation. Nations Climate. Hear Nations
1: the difference. Join
0: our global network to connect with the world.